Welcome to the Vertical Go-To-Market Podcast, where you'll discover new opportunities to grow your business from seven figures to eight from the world's most successful B2B SaaS and agency owners and executives. I'm your host, Corey Quinn. Today, I'm joined by Alex Membrio. Welcome, Alex. Thanks for having me, Corey. Super excited to have you on the show. Could you please introduce yourself to those listeners who may not be familiar with you and your background? Yeah, that would be everybody. So what's up, everyone? I am, I'm Alex Membrio. We are based out of Atlanta. We are a performance marketing agency for multi-location PE-backed provider groups. So think your growing dermatology, behavioral dental group. They come to us when they're five locations and they want lots of new patients so that they can get to 50 or 500 locations and, and sell their business even bigger or go public. And so that's, we help with that journey. Websites, SEO search, Facebook ads, analytics, anything it takes to drive a patient. That's a very specific audience. Just so I feed it back to you. So it is healthcare organizations that are multi-location that are backed by a private equity firm that is looking to grow in size and scale and scope quickly. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I'm familiar with that space a little bit. You are a little. Scorpion a little bit. Yes. Personal injury law firms too. We've got one. Okay. (laughs) Those are those are good clients too. I hear. What can you share about the the size, the revenue, number of clients, whatever about Cardinal, just so the listeners can get a sense of the scope of your business? Yeah. So this year we became an eight-figure agency. It was always my dream to become shit. It was always my dream just to make a, a six-figure agency. But then we had seven figures and it took me like another decade to hit the eighth one. And we've got about 50 people and uh, we grew like crazy through COVID. You know, you don't want to say a pandemic is good for business, but a pandemic was really good for business. Let's not get another one one uh but you know we went from 15 to 50 people in 24 months and so that came with a lot of your growing pains that we're still going through but a lot of a lot of fun and largely driven by the adoption of digital from antiquated marketers or clients alex can you tell us about your role there as ceo yeah so chief chief everything officer we're still at a size where i've got to clean up the trash and shit sometimes when I come in in the morning because the, the team didn't get to the office and last night, like we're not a professionally managed company yet. It's still very entrepreneurial, still flat, even at 50 or so people. So, uh, it's a little bit of everything, but basic, I mean, my number one job is evangelizing the company, making sure we're connected with all the right people. I'm learning the business of healthcare and translating that into a unique offering and, and my team is as well. So I'm out there meeting people, learning conferences, all that kind of stuff, making sure our our pipeline is always healthy and converting and uh, making sure everybody's rowing in the same direction. All of our flock, we call them flockers mm-hmm. for Cardinal, uh, making sure everybody's rowing in the same direction. I set the vision for going into healthcare uh, a few years ago, and um, now we're trying to make it happen. And I'm thankful that these people are that have followed my lead. I, I probably wouldn't follow me, so that's very nice of them. I don't know. The juice is good. Around the Kool Aid is delicious around here. Whatever you're selling, they're buying. That's beautiful. I guess. I guess it's very nice of them. <laughs> uh, you're very humble. Let me ask: Has has Cardinal always been a healthcare focused agency? No. So for like the first, listen, when you're starting, you just. I mean, I started this when I was 24. I just had a kid the day before I left the hospital and started cold calling. And I said, I'm going to go down the list of newly incorporated businesses and call anybody that needs a website. So I mean, I sold. A fucking ice cream van, a website. And I told the dude, like, the ice cream van doesn't need a website. You still want to pay me $300 and the baby needed to get fed. So we sold the website. It sucked. We said, let's not do websites. 
and let's move to digital marketing. We've ended up now, we're good at websites again a decade later, but we moved to digital marketing. So started cold calling and we would take any local businesses that needed to get ranked on Google. So we had like all of the roofers, contractors, lawyers, some doctors. And then a decade later, we realized, man, we've got some killer case studies in healthcare and the work is really rewarding. I always say medical marketing, marketing that matters. Like we're not just selling pizzas or shoes, which I also enjoy doing for those brands. But at the end of the day, like we're helping reunite families. We're helping people pick their children up again. We're helping people that are recovering from cancer, like just cool shit. So we looked at the hedgehog principle when I realized we were just kind of sputtering in pipeline sales and client retention. I said, let's look at the hedgehog. What drives the economic engine? What can we be the best in the world at? And uh, But we looked at that and we said, we've got great case studies and feel good marketing. Let's go for it. And so 10 years in, we went for healthcare. Now it's 90% of our revenue. So I want to dig into that. A lot of the listeners are probably folks who are at the before stage that you mentioned, slow sales, with you know, high cost per acquisition. Can you talk more in more detail about some of the challenges at that time going about 10 years into the business? What was you know, what were some of the, the key factors in the business that led you to realize that that verticalizing was was the next thing? For you yeah, yeah, yeah. At some, yeah, well... At some point, you have to value expertise over variety. I was tired of walking into a personal injury law firm and not understanding what way, what am I supposed to say? Oh, they want cases. Right. Okay. They do get them from ambulances or they don't. Do I geofence hospitals? Like we, I got tired of that. And I said, I want to be an expert. I want to walk in here with these providers, you know, the doctors or the marketing director of a provider group and be able to advise on things outside of just marketing. Like I want to understand how insurance companies pay out, how these people get reimbursed, like why do people seek care, what goes to the providers, what keeps them up at night, why do patients uh, pick one provider. I wanted to do that and maybe it's just my own desire to know what the hell I'm talking about and feel comfortable in a room and that helped a lot because I think we were like three or four million revenue and you could tell clients were just dropping off because man, there's a million agencies and there's plenty that did specialize in what our clients were doing and we did it and so... They realize they don't know what you're talking about with their own business. And eventually the marketing is not as good as that other agency could provide. And so, you know, we made the jump knowing we have good case studies and, and man, it's helped provide so much focus. Let me know when you want to talk about the things that it has helped, mm-hmm. uh, drive. But I, uh, to summarize that niches get you riches, niches get you riches, riches in the niches. That's it. Yeah. So as far, so let me just kind of feed this back to you again, because I think a lot of these, a lot of the listeners probably are in your before state. So. You had a business, variety of local service businesses. You mentioned attorneys and, and, and uh, ice cream trucks and whatnot, as well as healthcare. You had a couple of great customer success stories yep. in healthcare, uh, but it sounds like you were losing out. You were losing clients in general, but then specifically to agencies that were specialists that could provide a, a level of detail that you were unable to as a result. That's of that. right. Okay. That's right. So client attrition was, was worse. Now, now pretty good. Uh, yeah. cause we know yeah. what the hell we're talking about. There's less replacements for us out there, right? Um, the biggest thing to, to the small fries that want to be medium fries or big fries is it provides focus in driving pipeline and helping close pipeline. So when you're one of few, you stand out. Your thought leadership is actually useful. You know how to buy lists, which lists to build, where to go to conferences, which articles to write, which case studies to promote, which keywords to rank for. So, you know, it is not a quick 
turnaround, like all of a sudden we pick healthcare and we know what the hell we're talking about in six months, but everything builds on itself. And then all of a sudden in a few years, like, holy shit, like we built incredible lists, great thought leadership, and everyone knows us in the industry now. So don't expect an overnight change in your business, but it provides focus on where to put your attention in marketing and sales and client delivery. Super helpful. Thank you. When it came time to choose a vertical, we realized that, hey, we're losing customers to uh, specialists. Maybe it's, this is the thing for us. How did you choose healthcare? You mentioned you had a couple of case studies, but what was, was there, were there other factors that led into it? Was it uh, more of an intuition? Was it an analytical approach? Did yeah. The relationship in the, in the, in that field or what were, why healthcare? Mm. I think the people that are good with the abacuses would say, like, look at the addressable market and look how advanced that market is. Like personal injury firms, your former agency, very, very sharp agency. They picked one. I felt like that was, I mean, super aggressive marketing. Those, the injury law firms, like, really knew what the hell they were talking about. They had had great service for a long time. Healthcare was behind. And there weren't a lot of specialist agencies. We didn't just pick healthcare. We also picked the horizontal of performance marketing for specific types of healthcare. So we chose both specialties. A lot of firms will say we're everything for one type of business or we're one thing for every type of business. We said we're one thing for one type of business. We're an eight-figure agency. Uh, so it doesn't narrow. My biggest fear that kept me up at night, oh my God, I'm going to narrow my options so much. You know, like I'm only going to be able to take one type of client. Holy smokes. But how did you reconcile that fear? Because I think that's very real. I got tired of losing clients. I got tired of not having focus in marketing and sales. I said like, dude, this is shit is getting old being a $3 million agency. It's not big enough to sell. It's not big enough to retire to uh, Los Angeles. You know, it's time to either grow or, or stop this shit. You're still not here yet. What are you waiting for? Hey, I'm on the right coast right now. Listen, I'll come out there. Y'all got to stop with the fires and the floods and the earthquakes. No promises. <laughs> so when you when you began to focus on healthcare, it sounded like there's a process of elimination. Healthcare, you had like, like you said the case studies. You had uh, there were some verticals that were probably very saturated, and there were some areas where maybe some opportunity. Were there was there anything else about healthcare that made it attractive? I love the mission. I love it. I I love helping people find care. Like we actually do care about it. I do care. I saw it go through with my family. Like good digital marketing by a good provider group helps patients get to the good providers and they're not and avoid the bad ones. So like we only take the good provider groups that actually help patients. We turn tons of leads away all the time that look like sketchy provider groups or sketchy industries within healthcare. And so we're pretty picky on who we're talking to. So we actually do really like the mission. Healthcare was behind. We had good case studies. I figured it could be fairly lucrative, like all of that aligned and I made it kind of an not an easy choice because we actually thought about QSR for a while because we had Papa John's, but order of elimination, it played mm -hmm. to our strengths. Like find one that plays to your strengths and the econ economics look good. What was that transition like? You you determined that healthcare made the most sense. You were connected to the mission. You all this evidence, it was the right thing. Did you just fire all your non-healthcare clients or what did that transition No, like? no. And I hope they don't listen to this one. No, they are firing us now though, slowly but surely. They're saying like, Oh gosh, they don't send me newsletters that have anything to do with my industry anymore. So, you know, slowly but surely they figure it out. We still have a, a decent concentration of higher ed. I think it's like 10% of our business. We've done some really good work for some higher ed, also a feel good industry that is fairly behind and slow moving because you guys are looking for a niche, but that one's a good one. We really enjoy it. And we still have great teams that have been through all the higher ed. So that's fine. No, don't go fire anyone. You don't need to. If you do a good work, 
keep doing the good work. They will slowly drop off. We do get fired like every four or five months from a previous client that wants a specialist in whatever they are. That's fine. You just have to hope that your specialization replaces faster. What impact has specializing in the healthcare vertical had in your ability to attract new healthcare clients versus before you guys specialized? The content is actually good. I didn't think content really mattered until we brought on Ashley and she created this phenomenal content. But like now the content is more than just 10 SEO tips to get ranked for your doctor group. It's like the things that actually matter to them. Like how do you build a house? I'm not going to use all the terminology, but your content gets way more interesting to that group and you know who to send it to and how to send it. So tremendously different in ways that I couldn't have anticipated. So very useful. You just get smarter and the content gets better. And chat GPT is stupid as shit. I think it's going to help a ton, but everybody can use it. So that makes everybody's content the same. And so you get a unique spin when you know the industry really, really well. And that helps attract more of the sophisticated buyers of that industry. It takes years, dude. I mean, people figure out, people see you changed your face, but it takes a long time to show that you know what the hell you're talking about. That has taken us a while. It is not an over overnight switch. Did you have a background in healthcare before making this transition? So how did you... How did you learn how to communicate at an intimate level with the healthcare providers you were trying to attract as clients? Man, you talk to so many. You take a bunch of discovery calls and you hear how they talk. You go to the conferences. You meet the people that influence them. You get a podcast so you interview them and you can ask them in a non-confrontational way because they're not a client. You hit people on LinkedIn as much as you can and you say, can I just pick your brain? So it's a ton of learning. I would not say books were that helpful because I'm not reading like clinical books, but it's a lot of interviewing the right people and hearing how they think and what matters to them. Conferences are good for that. Webinar is good, but meeting people has been the best use because they tell you the secret sausage on what actually matters for a healthcare business. Um, and then you get a few of them to the owner agencies. Like when you choose a specialization, make sure you're going on the sales calls. Make sure you're selling the first fucking 30 clients because you have to hear what matters and how they talk. Like you cannot abdicate this responsibility or delegate it and have them report up. You have to hear this and learn it yourself. You also have to bring the whole go-to-market strategy yourself. You have to build a marketing function. I don't care if you have a marketing director. Don't have one until it's built and you're building it or it won't work. I would agree with that a thousand percent. Does the healthcare industry have a unique language? Heck yeah, man. They call them clients patients to start. <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of unique insurance companies are called payers. They've got tons of unique. And within healthcare, there's a bunch of subspecialties, dermatology, dental, behavioral and veterinary groups, they speak entirely different languages. So I'm finding it's not even good enough to say we're multi-location performance agency for provider groups. Like that's not even good enough. They even want more specialization. So then you have to assign teams that know dental really well. You have to assign teams that know behavioral. Your salesperson has to know all of them really well and speak the language. You have to have content that goes to them that speaks. It's a lot. So just healthcare, just like you wouldn't just pick legal. A bankruptcy attorney is very different than a PI firm, right? So yeah, there's a lot of vernacular even within the things. Would you be successful in healthcare if you weren't unable to communicate in that language? Like six years ago, there weren't as many copycat agencies, but now a lot of agencies have gotten better. They are specialized. And so now it won't work. I mean, we struggle from quarter to quarter. I mean, this quarter not been fun. The last few years, tremendous growth. This last quarter, the whole market has slowed down. Economy slowed down. If we didn't have our specialization, no, no one would be hiring us because we're not the cheapest. 
Everyone's going for cheap right now. Very hard to convince clients to go for not cheap and user specialization only has so much flexibility. How do you attract new healthcare clients today? Yeah, we're pretty good at this part. A marketing agency should be good at marketing. That sounds obvious, but they usually aren't. So we create a ton of content and we send it out to every decision maker that would influence the buying decision. That's the simple version. The long version is that we do blogs, podcasts, webinars, roundtables. We've got a virtual summit coming later this year, case studies, you name it. I want it to be the media company. People have talked about doing that. But for me, it's I want everybody to see, touch, and feel, and hear us in every different way. I want to touch all the senses. And so we have every kind of every kind of delivery platform for the content possible. But guys, the actual tactical things like go get a list, go subscribe to Zoom Info. The shit isn't cheap. It's going to run you 10K a year for a good amount of context. You download them, you clean them really good, you get some domains warmed up, harder to do now. They're getting restricted on how to do that. And then you send really thoughtful content. Don't ask for a fucking meeting. Never ask for a meeting. Don't ever do that. Okay, that's shit is not working anymore unless you're an outbound salesperson. You've got something really specific and thoughtful to say. In my opinion, outbound agency. Okay, let's work. The outbound, inbound agency. The outbound thing works for others. But you send really thoughtful content, you interview leaders, and then you get the people that influence those marketing directors like the PE guys and women, and you get them integrated into your content. You go to their conferences, and then you're hitting them from both ways. The marketing director wants to hire you, and she got recommended by the PE guy. Fucking easy choice. Um, so it's about creating a ton of content and getting it into the right hands. It's not that sophisticated. I don't know why agencies don't prioritize their own marketing. I don't get it. And then not to mention the number one way to drive leads is by ranking online. SEO is not dead. Chad GPT is not going to fucking kill it. Neither is Bard. And so ranking for whatever you do, industry and service. If you go searching for dermatology marketing agency, dental SEO company, any of that stuff, we should rank. I spent a fortune on it and have for 13 years. So SEO, email, content of every type. Is it fair to say that most of your new business is through referral or inbound? No, inbound. 50-some percent of our new client signings is from thought leadership. Man, I bet it's 65%. And I would say 30-some percent is their referral. And it's inching up. The more we're well-known, you'll see the referral inching up. They're the better deals. But net new, not. We just signed the biggest physical therapy group in the country. That uh, came through outbound email. We just signed the biggest home health group in the world. That came through SEO. So it used to be this thing like you're only going to get small deals from SEO. It's total bullshit. Big firms. Really smart people go searching. Do you do any outbound sales? Not one bit. Not one bit. And there's nothing wrong with it. I think you see firms like Scorpion and Power Digital that have grown way bigger than we have because it's more linear. They're, if they can do it, smart, it's hard. I don't understand how to do it, but it's way more linear than inbound. I stuck to what I'm good at. I have failed every time I've stood up outbound programs. You know, if we ever get bought, maybe they'll know how to do it. I don't fucking know. But uh, it's hard. But it's, no it's, doubt it's, it's hard. <laughs> It's hard. You know, I bought all the outbound tools, the sales loft. I hired a team of three SDRs two years ago. And I was like, dude, I, there's something I just don't understand about this. So let me just put a bunch of words on the website and tell people to go to it. And that'll hope, and that worked. What is the structure of your sales team today? Yeah, there's a head of new partnerships. Lauren, she's been with me a decade. One of the smartest people I've ever met. And then uh, she has a colleague, Leanne, that helps bring on new partnerships. They'll bring in experts as needed to help diagnose the media, the website, the SEO issues. For the most part, they can handle a lot of it um, themselves, and then they transition over to the client's team. Something we're going to work on this year is expanding client 
partnerships. When you start bringing on the larger clients, they don't start big. It's incumbent on you to start them small and, and get them big. And we're not good at that at the latter yet. Let's transition to conferences and associations in healthcare. You mentioned a couple of times that that's been a part of your go-to-market. What impact does getting involved with conferences and the content circuits? It provides no value if you do it wrong. And I did it wrong for like 11 years. It will provide no value. It's like, it's the medium to get a really great interaction. The, the technical way, I hate when podcasters talk high level, so I'm going to tell you exactly how we do it. We try to get a speaking engagement. If it's free, great. If it's not, I'll pay the 10K or whatever. So you can moderate a little panel. It makes you look smart. And then you go to LinkedIn and you hit up all the people in that industry that you've connected with. We have a LinkedIn connection person. We have a LinkedIn messaging person. Like We've got contractors for everything. They say, go hit up everybody in the dermatology marketing space because Alex is going to moderate a panel in the dermatology marketing conference, get meetings, then take lots of fucking pictures while you're there, post it all over LinkedIn, send it out to the email list. Hey, we're in the industry. We look smart. We're going to be there. That has helped just going there with a booth. Like Corey, maybe you know how to do this, but the booth shit I've never done and um, paying to speak with nothing else to go with it, setting up meetings, also useless, but um, slowly but surely you see the same people at the things and then I guess they trust you more on your three and maybe they're a client then. How do you define word of mouth? Any, I think I define it as any lead that didn't come from one of our thought leadership channels. So it's someone, you know, marketing directors know each other and then they ask for a recommendation, maybe that simple. And they said, yeah, I know Cardinal, but man, it takes a lot to get to that. That's impossible for me to measure or get to. I just do the activities that lead to people thinking about us. So what are those activities? Yeah, all the stuff we talked about with inbound, making sure I am everywhere all the time. If the marketing director is looking for information on an agency, I'm there. If they're looking to learn anything about healthcare performance marketing, I'm there. Before they even fucking go to Google, we're there. So some advice. So let's say that someone listening to us who is your 10-year-old version of Cardinal, not the today version, and they're thinking about verticalizing in one or more verticals, what would you say to them? Don't wait. Don't wait another minute. Go to the hedgehog principle. I can know it better than I do uh, and pick one they feel good about and you can make good money and help a good and do the best work in the world at. Go ahead and pick it and never, never look back. Never look back. Expertise over variety. Expertise over variety. Just write that on the notebook next to you before you go to sleep, wake up and look at it and say, it can't really get worse. Maybe it can get better. When's the right time to verticalize a business? Early stage? No, 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 no. A lot of agency owners are accidental too. Like they just started, they had an in-house marketing gig and then they went and did it. So I would say like take a bunch of different clients for three years and then pick the one you're best at. B2B is so different than B2C. Uh, healthcare is so different than PIA law firms. So different than e-com. Don't take the first thing you're exposed to. Do a bunch of different shit for a few years. Have fun and then pick one. That's awesome. And really, I just have one more question for you. Ooh. What's your motivation? Uh, time with the kids. Time with the kids. I love it. This provides a good lifestyle. It keeps me challenged. Right after this, I'm going to go ride ATVs with my kid. Um, I really enjoy that. This is marketing is good job security. It's also very challenging. So mentally, I'm always kept sharp. How many kids you got? I've got uh, three. I've got thirteen, three and one. All of them are about to hit birthdays. Um, so good time with them, family time, the agency life. This year is not going to provide as much time as I'd like because we're in a grinding year. Um, most of them are, but this one's going to be even more of a grind. It's going to be a fun grind, a lot of learning and meeting people, but it's, it's not going to be an easy year. Um, so yeah, time with them and 
the profit's not bad, uh, and the work we do is good. Great. No, no better motivation in, in, in my book. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Good. Well, thank you so much for joining, Alex. I'll go ahead and wrap it up. All right, folks, that's it for today. I'm Corey Quinn, and I hope you join me again next time in the Vertical Go-To-Market podcast. If you receive value from the show, I would love a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.